Noah Lyles is your world champion. Joshua Chepika is three-peated. Yara Nagus, Cole Hawker, Corey McGeer under the 1,500-meter finals. And Noah Lyles called out Rojo at the press conference. Everyone's got to hear this podcast. I'm making it available for free. This should be for Supporters Club members only, but I want everyone to see what you can get by being a Supporters Club member. Daily podcast from Worlds. You want a free Supporters Club membership? I just thought of this. If Yara Nagus wins the gold medal or Cole Hawker medals at all, you get your membership for free. So if you sign up for a month, you get a free month. If you sign up for a year right now, I'll give you your whole year for free. And you get a free t-shirt with that. So this is an unbelievable offer. But you got to sign up between now, Monday, and Wednesday, the men's 1500 meter final. So sign up now and root hard for the U.S. man in the 1500. And your membership could be for free. High schoolers, do you want a free membership? I'll just give you one for the World Championships. Sign up for a month. Email me at podcast at letsrun.com. Showing that you're in high school, your month is free on me. Be sure to buy a pair of shoes as well. Save 20% on shoes. We want more members. Thank you to everyone who signed up. Everyone else who needs to join the Let's Run revolution. Link in the show notes, letsrun.com slash subscribe. Track and field fans, day two is in the books. We're live from Budapest. Robert Johnson, Jonathan Gold. What a great day of track and field action. Joshua Cheptegei is golden for the third time. Times three, men's 10,000 meters. Noah Lyles is the fastest man in the world that he's claiming the men's 100 meter gold medal. Proving a lot of the doubters wrong, including yours truly, and he celebrated by promptly calling out yours truly. The men's 1500 and women's 1500 meter finals are set. Timothy and Timothy Chariot, Mo Katir, Sinclair Johnson, and Nikki Hiltz will not be in the races, but Niels Laros will be. Can the 18-year-old Team Phenom, former Let's Run.com podcast guest, medal? Plus, Katarina Johnson-Thompson holds off Anna Hall in a dramatic heptathlon. All of that and more. Women's flutter, men's flutter heats, for hurdle heats, 110 hurdle heats. Welcome to the show. I am Robert Johnson. This is Jonathan Galt, as I said just a second ago. Thanks for joining us. We want this show as a podcast, as I mentioned, a podcast. Sign up for supporters club today. Let's run.com slash subscribe. Talking to a top journalist in the mix zone today. He's like, I listen to your podcast most days in the gym. So and now we know Noah Lyles is a listener because apparently he heard our interview with Michael Johnson from a few days ago or a few weeks ago. We should probably start with that race, the men's hundred meters. We have a new fastest man in the world. His name is Noah Lyles. And Robert, admit it. When he called you out in that press conference, part of you loved that. Oh, yeah. Part of it did love it, yes. But I, I was scared at the time, and there's already a, a picture on the message board. They're like, Robert's reaction is priceless. I mean, me, distance expert, was the nice guy that went into the sprint press conference, which is sitting next to John, helping him. John had all his questions. John was in charge of the men's 100 tonight. 
John gets the mic, asks the first question. Noah answers it. And then he's, Noah just, out of the blue, just says, and for your friend there, what was the actual quote? Uh, How many medals am I going to win the, at the Olympics now? And, but to be fair to you, I think you probably would have picked him to win at least one medal in the Olympics, maybe two. Oh, medal, yes. We're talking about gold medal. I, but I was stunned. I was just like, uh, <laughs> I didn't know what the professional protocol was. I was like, all I said, all I said was something like, well, basically, I didn't say this to him. I never said you weren't talented. I'm just like, these other guys are really good and they're really young. And the guy sitting to little Lyles' left, but silly to Bogo, is a two-time world junior champion at 100. He's 20 years of age. He just ran 1951 when he was gaining on Noah Lyles at 200. And also, Aaron Knighton is, is super fast and even younger than that. So that'll be decided next year. I don't want to take away from Lyles. I don't want to make this about me, but he was magnificent. He, yeah. Absolutely magnificent. This is a guy that's talked all season. Like p- part of the thing with Lyles, and I was talking to Steve Soprano, our, our employee 1.1, who does the homepage most nights. I think so part of the thing about Lyles that's kind of rubbed some people the wrong way. And even I was talking to a top journalist about this. Is it feels a little bit forced in the sense of the media anointed him as like the Olympic champion in 2021, and he didn't win. And some of the showboating seems like uh, one journal said to me, it's like, oh, it's like you're a really good friend, but he tries a little bit too hard. But anyways, he's been saying, I'm going to run these ridiculous times. I'm going to be the champion. He was only third at the USA trials. He lost to a high schooler earlier this year. And I said right then, you're losing to a high schooler, you're not winning a 100 meter title. I was wrong. So, you know, and then third at USA is in the 100. He said he had COVID. I'm like, is that really legitimate? I mean, but when he came out in that semifinal and ran in the nine eights, I was like, oh my God, like he could win it. And he backed it up and won it. And it was a really tight race. Lyles was the clear winner. What's interesting here is was the lack of reaction to me. Like Lyles is sort of the showboater or showman. He didn't react instantly. And it may have been because he didn't realize he won, which is surprising because it was clear to us that he won. It wasn't that close. But Zarnell Hughes of Great Britain, I thought I heard him briefly say in the mix zone, I thought I won. And there was a picture of him like with a big smile on his face. So, no, you didn't win, Zarnell. You were third, and you were only like a few thousands from being fourth. And Oblique Seville, after his 9-8 yesterday, I thought was the favorite coming in. 22-year-old, diminutive Jamaican, soft-spoken, and... I don't know. Like, I was watching the start. I was watching Lyles and Seville. And, and I'm like, Lyles is right with Seville. Now, Seville's looks so good. I'm like, oh, maybe he can run away with him. But people don't generally run away from, from Lyles. But again, going back to the 200, the fact that Tobogo was gaining on Lyles, not 200, was pretty interesting. So um, I kind of feel bad for Seville. He was so good in every other round except for the final. It wasn't like he was terrible. But I, I was talking to a U.S. sisters runner. I'm like, it's kind of arbitrary, right? Three medals? Like, what if they had four? You know, because Zarnell Hughes was ecstatic afterwards. He's like, it's been a long time since Britain was on the podium. Like, all he wanted was some medal. And it was 20 years since a Brit, his last medal was in the men's 100, Darren Campbell, 2003. And kind of interesting, because Zarnell, John, if we're going to break down this race a little bit more, known for being letting the nerves get to him, known for full starting. Did you see his reaction time today? I'm looking at it now. Jesus, he almost did full stop. 105. <laughs> wow, we almost had a Devin Allen controversy in the final. 
I mean, Simbine's reaction time was 0.7. And so I think, was it you? Someone next to me was like, oh man, we, we got another Devin L. I'm like, no, we didn't. Like 0.7, I think at that point, sorry, 0.07, I think at that point, you probably are just getting lucky or jumping the gun or whatever. I mean, we can have a debate on whether the full start limit should be at zero or 0.1, but I do think I don't have a real issue with uh, with that thing. But it did look like, I think you got to be careful with that pressure you put into the blocks. Like, even if you're not leaving the blocks, if you're really pushing down on them uh, before the gun fires, they're going to get you on it. And they, I feel bad for him because he was on fire coming into Worlds. He'd won all his last four races. He'd been winning Diamond Leagues. Who knows what he could have done in this thing? Because, you know, let's rewind to yesterday morning, Robert, the first day of the World Championships. This was not a foregone conclusion at all that Noah Lyles was going to win this race. I no, think Fred Curley was the favorite. He didn't even make the final. We'll, we'll get into that. I've got to complain about that. But, John, you just said it. By the way, folks, you should be going to Let's Run. I know some of you are in cars and you're busy and you've got families. But go to Let's Run every day. Click on some ads. Go to the forum. But you said in your article, in the Britain article that we just put up about five minutes ago, there was 20 guys in the world that had run faster than Noah Lyles at 100 meters. So, of course, far from a favorite. Yeah, but here's see. the thing with Noah is we knew if he was close midway through this race, he was probably going to win. Or at least I knew that. And especially after watching the semifinal, I was like, if he's there, I think he's going to win because no one can match his top speed. And he doesn't break down at the end of races. He's very good all the way through. The issue is, like, in a world championship final, you got to, to be with the guys halfway through a field you got to start pretty damn well because if you're in a world championship final you're a good starter so lyles didn't just start well his coach lance brownman told him he thought it was his best start acceleration by far he's ever seen from lyles in the hundred it results in his personal best nine eight three i mean the clutchness of little lyles he ran faster twice tonight than anyone else ran even once today. 9.83 in the final, 9.87 in the semis. He's just a championship performer. And I know he did not win on the biggest stage. He got beat in the Olympics. But last year, he runs an American record in the 200-meter final in Eugene on home soil. And tonight, been talking a big game all year. He's been saying, this is the year I do the double. He runs his two best races of the year at the World Championships in the semis and final. I mean, that is clutch. That is brilliant. So much props to Noah Lyles, a well-deserved 100-meter world champion. Absolutely. Another crazy stat John has. The last three worlds, obviously, there's been nine medalists, nine medals handed out in the men's 100 meters. Nine different people have won those medals. Now, that's wild. No one has repeated no, it, it, since Bolt left, this event has just been kind of a mess. We've Wait. had people who we look like they're going to be the content, the king, right? We had C Christian Coleman. When he wins in Doha, I'm like, all right, he's here to stay. He's going to be the Olympic champion in Tokyo. He's going to be the guy to beat. He's running 976. Amazing. Then he gets himself suspended with whereabouts failures. Hasn't been the same ever since coming back. Then we get Marcel Jacobs in Tokyo. Now, we weren't sure if that was going to be kind of a you know, would he be here to stay? I don't think that was clear. But then Frick Curley last year, Curley was dominant. He was fantastic. 9.76, personal best. And then he wins Worlds. So, right, didn't run quite as fast in the final. But I'm like, all right, Frick Curley, he comes out this year. He's winning everything. Beats it, beaten at USA. He's beaten in Poland. Didn't even make the final. 
didn't really have any explanation for it, right, Robert? You talked to him briefly in the mix on? Or did you get to ask any questions? This was why one of our complaints is like, the 100 meter world champion bombs out in the semis and tries to just ignore the media in the mix zone, which you wouldn't get this in other professional sports. He did eventually stop and talk briefly, but how'd that go? Much to the chagrin of the Associated Press because USATF said he wasn't speaking to the media, but then he saw a friend in the mix zone. And I've got to admit, I don't know her name, young, the, the young lady from, from I think, is doing interviews for Sidious. She's friends with all the sprinters and she does a great job. And she, it's, it's all positive. It's not what I would consider real journalism, like investigative questions, but they enjoy talking to her. She gets stuff out of them. It's better than nothing. But um, yeah, he said, I've had a good year. Just guys are better than me today. He didn't really offer any excuses. He said he loves A6. He's going to keep running, et cetera. Other stat here John has, four different Americans have won the last four world titles. It's just been, the event's been up in years. I think Lyles has, I mean, He's been great for a while now. I really, the more I think about this, and then, but this is what, I never said he wasn't great. I wasn't, never said he wasn't a talent, but I, I just felt like he missed his opportunity. Clearly, he would have been the 2020 Olympic champion. And I feel like COVID cost him that. And this is a guy that's a people person. He thrives on people and spotlight and president. COVID, did, he, he missed that. And then he got an antidepressants and no one ever, everyone talked about great America. We all think that a pill can save our problem and save us from disease. It can't. We're all going to die at some point. I'm not saying there's no point for medicine, but I, I do think America is way over-medicated. And he didn't win in 2021. He, he, and I was like, okay, in 2024, Tobago's going to be in his prime. Knighton's going to be in his prime. You know, whatever. And when Michael Johnson reacted to me saying he's never going to win, one way to say is if you were trying to make a hot take, Michael Johnson's basically saying Tobago and Knighton can't win next year. I still think they can win. Next year is 12 months away, a little bit less, I guess, because the Olympics but, are earlier. But here, here is the thing, Robin, about that, is we're saying like, oh, Knighton's going to be there. Knighton's run faster when he was younger than Lyles. He should theoretically get even better, and you know maybe he's breaking the world record next year. But then you actually look at what Knighton's done on the track this year. He's taken a step back from 2022, and he hasn't... Run so close. far, so so far, we will see in the 200. Like no Lyles for the press conference, he was acting as if he already had three gold medals. He's like, "Oh, I'm, gonna, I'm doing the double here, and then once I win the 200, I'm going to win the four by one, and that's going to be the start of a dynasty." I'm like, well, yeah. "Slow your roll, buddy. First of all, you probably probably going to win the 200, but he's still going to beat Tobogo, who was close to him in Monaco. Still going to beat Knighton, and then the four by one." Not even close to a lot for the Americans. We've seen how many disasters in that race through the years. Well, what but, were you just saying, John? I had a hard point to make. Well, I was saying that we assume these phenoms like Knighton and Tobogo are going to just keep getting better, and they don't always, which I think Tobogo deserves credit for this because last year, I mean, I thought he was in 9 8 shape last year when he's running 9 9 1 and celebrating like Usain Bolt when he's winning World Juniors. He comes out and, you know, it wasn't, he, he was solid on the circuit, getting second and third a bunch, but. Tonight, when he needed to, he ran his best 100 of his life. He ran 988. He got the silver medal, only 20 years old. I was like, wow, when's the last time a 20-year-old medaled? Do you, do you know the answer to this, Robert? It was in my article. Wasn't it? Um, it was uh, Walden's favorite runner. It was Trayvon Bromel, 2015 Worlds. He got the bronze. So it has happened before, but it's not common for a 20-year-old to medal. Tobogo, obviously huge ceiling. He could pick up another medal in the 200. I mean, bright, bright future. He could be the guy. This was Africa's first 
world Har- championship medal in the 100 meters. I couldn't believe it. But it's Tobogo, the 20-year-old, who gets it. It's very hard to believe because I think the average person, and I don't want to go off on race and genetics, but they think, oh, white people aren't good at sprinting. Black people are good at sprinting. But black people in Africa, Frankie Federer has won two Olympic medals, had never won a world championship 100-meter men's medal, which is wild. Looking at the comments here, I'm not going to do what Weldon and John did a few days ago when I had my shadow ban from the podcast. Weldon is not here tonight. He helped set up the podcast. He put up a couple of comments and the underlying, but he's spending time with the wife and family. He said last year, last, last night, I felt like I was just getting in y'all's way over talking. I thought he was fine. I like having a third voice to keep us on it. But back to Wiles for a minute. I, I really, I was very impressed by his press conference in the sense of, I think in the past, again, I talked about the force aspect of things and like, is he playing a role? Does he really believe this stuff, the fashion? Is he just trying to be somebody else? But I just loved how he said, can we appreciate, this is, I'm paraphrasing, but the three of us were all doubted here. I, mean, I was stunned by this. He said, we're all 200 meter runners. Basically he said, no one expected anything of us in the 100. So that's to, not true of Tobogo. Tobogo went nine nine no, one, no, one world juniors. No, 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 it's the opposite though. It's weird. I was stunned that he said Tobogo because I've always viewed Tobogo as a one hundred meter runner. He was one of the world junior the last two years in one hundred, but he's finished second in the two hundred. So I'm like, oh, he's a better one hundred. But then he he hasn't been running great in the hundred until tonight. He got silver, but he was gaining on Miles in the two hundred when they landed in the Diamond League. And then Miles kind of caught himself and realized, well, Hughes obviously he's a world leader coming in. People probably expected him to win a medal, but he's had so many championship failures. So I thought it was just a really cool comment, kind of like where like, so many people are so self-absorbed, like what the, what their lives were. Tobogo seems like a, a young college kid who's just happy to be there. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to make the final. He doesn't have the pressure. I think some of the Americans have more pressure. Well, the funny thing is, though, I mean, who invited the most pressure on them in this meet? Noah Lyles. He said, I'm going to run 965, which, again, he wasn't close, which none of us thought he would run. But he said, 965, 1910, I'm going to win. You know, he's winning both. He was talking outlandishly in the pre race press conference, you know, him and Fred Coley going at it. But he backed it up. Noah Lyles, I, I think he loves that. He loves the spotlight, he loves the attention. Some people love it, some people don't. Both approaches are fine, but it is crazy to me that Lyles will just say things. He'll say fiery things to get people fired up, and then he just comes out and backs it up and delivers. That's awesome. See, I see Walton now on the show. He's behind the scenes now, folks. Walton, I just people want to know where you were. Um, so you feel loved. A Blakesville, it just it shows you. I mean, there's billions of people on planet Earth. They all want a medal. I thought this guy was your favorite this morning, and now he doesn't have a medal. He was fine with not meddling, much better than most Americans. He's very soft-spoken. He talked to the press for a length. He's basically said, I had a lot of injuries. I was taking it serve. He didn't race for about two months. So I think he was happy to get fourth, even though he's been fourth of the last two worlds. And to be honest, one thing that needs to be stated is no one's going to remember. Well, they'll still remember it, but there's a huge difference between being the Olympic 100-meter champion and the world 100-meter champion. Let's run. We care about the worlds. The general public does not. To the, nearly to the same extent. John will admit it. And, and, and the men's 100 semis, we get there at 4.15 this morning or whatever it was this afternoon. And Lyles and, and Marcel Jacobs were in the same heat. And the cheers for Jacobs were by far the loudest. 
Back me up here. Was it? That was so long ago. I'm trying to remember. I, yeah, think, I asked yeah. you at the time. No, it was. It was. It was Marcel Jacobs. Then also, the crowd has been awesome through two days in Hungary. Robert, can we give him a shout out? I was like, look, this is the men's 100 meter final Sunday night. This is going to be a big test. Are they ready to host this thing? Are they going to bring the atmosphere? They brought the atmosphere. They were screaming for the Hungarians. It helped the Hungarian medal in the hammer throw and was in contention in the heptathlon. That heptathlon was super loud. It was awesome. But the stadium, it was not 100% full, but I would say it was like 90% full, 90, you know, 92 or something. There were a lot of, lot of full seats, very good atmosphere. It was, and the stadium's beautiful. Everyone seems to like the stadium. It's right on the Danube River. It looks Look, cool from the outside. The, They're doing a great job so far. The atmosphere is amazing. The overhead shots. The stadium's amazing. John and I, we have had a little bit of trouble with the cast. We got ripped off last night. So tonight we took scooters, like young kids. They're all over the place. It's kind of like the U.S. like five years ago when the scooters were big in every American city. They're big here. We, we did Lime and whatnot. But it was that, well, it was wild. Yeah. I just want to talk about. We can talk about that adventure in a minute, but. It was crazy. But the atmosphere is amazing. The stadium is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's a wonderful venue. It's loud. Um, the, the U.S. long jumper, they got the silver tonight. Tara Davis Woodhull. Tara Davis Woodhull. It's a triple name. Helped me out there. You know, she was like, just the Hungarians, just keep it going. It was so loud. And I'm not sure if they were cheering for the Hungarian hammer thrower that medaled or the fourth placer and they have tassel on, but... It was loud in there, and the American, like Tamara said, we can't do it like that in America. Like, people are like, really? She's like, no. It was amazing. She's like, but, and I got a text last night from my buddy, Chris Lear, author of Running with a Buffalo, Supporters Club member. This is last night. I meant to read it on the air. First impression of Worlds. The Jamaican sprinter in the 100 who ran 988 looks amazing. His stride is so different. No kick, no back kick than the others, like the others. Is that an advantage? Well, not tonight. It's a little bit short, but, you know, he could win the Weber champion next year. The stadium looks great, and the evening atmosphere looked awesome. Crowds make a huge difference in ambience and TV. Absolutely. Jacob Ingebrigtsen looks unstoppable. We'll have more on that. And I'm going to say something that may trigger some of you. If you have body issues or food issues, don't. Oh, boy. Where is this going? Mute yourself for the next 10 seconds. Josh Kerr finally looks skinny. I'm pegging him for a medal and that alone. Now, Chris is a former 409 high school prep miler who, to be honest, can easily put on weight and sometimes lose it. So he's into the body type. And that's just what he said to me. Those are his impressions. So anyways. Let's move to the 10K. We have a 10,000-meter final. We're 20 minutes in. We haven't even talked about it. Joshua Chep, the guy, third straight world title in the 10K. 153, lost 800. 53-second, lost lap. Great battle over the last 400. The Olympic champion, Solomon Borrega, against the world champion, Joshua Cheptegei, battling it out for gold. Cheptegei's two straight. I thought Borrega might have it. Borrega was right on him around that final turn. Actually, the Kenyan, the eventual silver medalist, Daniel Samiu, Daniel Abenyo, and he's another one of those guys with two, two names. I mean, they stopped calling him Samiu, and now he's Abenyu. It's confusing. We need to figure this thing out. But... He was moving up really well in the final turn, and I was like, oh, this could be really awesome. And then Cheptegei and Borrega separated a little bit. Cheptegei kept looking back. He was looking over his shoulder like three or four times on that, making sure Borrega was... I mean, Borrega's a kicker. We know he can kick. But it was Cheptegei who got the victory, third straight. I'm like, man, he, he's kind of... He's the dominant force in this event. How many does he have to go 
to catch Bekele. Bekele won four world titles. He also won an Olympic title, so he's at five. Mo Farah also at five between world and Olympic titles. So Sheptegei's got some work to do still, but he's only 26 years old. You're annoying the 5,000. Well, yes, I'm saying 10,000 only. If you want to move up to 5,000, Bekele has eight, Farah has 10, and Sheptegei has four. Folks, sometimes y'all may think we sound smart if you're an average accountant and you don't get the opportunity to sound smart and trek. 25 minutes ago, John's like, hey, how many does Chuck the guy have? I'm, he's getting up there. And then is he catching Bikile? And then he's like, oh, Bikile's got eight. And then today he makes it sound like they're similar. What? Chuck the guy's 26. I mean, he started winning them in 2019. And four years later, he's now got four of them. So okay. if he sticks around, he's got the Olympics next year. He's got the 5K next week. I'm not saying he's going to beat Jakob, but... He could. He's one of the guys who's got in contention. All he wants is to sit up higher, John. Sorry, my posture was never my strong suit. Chep the guy, the, the, that guy, he delivers on the big stages, okay? He said after Worlds last year, he had an injury. His knee was bothering him. Took him a few months to sort it out. I don't think he was probably 100% at World Cross Country. And he got the bronze medal, so still, I commend, he like, very easily could have just said, screw it, I'll stay at home if I'm not 100%. But no, he goes down to Australia, runs World Cross, gets the bronze, what? comes back, races a couple times in the Diamond League circuit. But he's like, look, I raced a couple times. This is where it matters. This is the one I really cared about. Shows up, wins it. Yeah, boss. Without a doubt. And if you remember at the Diamond League opener earlier in the year, when he ran... 12.53 in Florence. You know, fourth place, not terrible, but when somebody else is running 12.52, I mean, he lost to Kajelcha and Luis Grealva. You know, it's not great, but he's like, look, this is the fastest I've ever opened up. And then a couple weeks later, he runs 12.41 in Luzanne, also losing. But he had the, he's like, that's the best opener, and now he's the champion. He was just way better than those other guys. One real quick, back to this print real quick. Thomas Lester, loyal live listener, says, I bet Tobago doesn't run to his phone as soon as he races or after he practices. I think he's comparing him to Wiles. It was a very interesting comment in the press conference. Somebody who knows the insides of Tobago's camp said, how much do you credit your camp? They told you to get off social media earlier in the year. So apparently he was running to his phone, has now gotten off his phone, and is doing quite well. And one no, Laos is on his phone all the time and just won the gold medal. I think it, if you, it depends on the kind of athlete. Well, fair enough. And it'll be interesting in the 200 because after Lyles called me out, at the end of the show, at the end of the pressure, I did ask him. I said, hey, you're a student of sport. You must watch the tape. Like, are you super confident in the 200? You must have realized that Tobogo was gaining on you at the end of the 200, which I've never seen happen before. And he said, yeah, he did catch up on to me before a little bit. But... And I thought this was a really smart comment. He's like, I remember when I first ran 19.5, and I thought I would do it again at the Olympics. And I, or no, Worlds, Worlds 2019, yeah. And I didn't. And it's the same thing as Knighton last year. He was running hot early in the year and not at the end of the year. So pretty interesting things. But back to the 10. Chip the guy, the man. Borrega, 
Look, I he pissed away a silver medal. Let's just call it for what it is. This happened, I think, in Moscow. I want to say it was... He pulled the Molly Huddle. Yeah, he pulled the Molly Huddle. But it, was it was it Gebrewey in Moscow who got passed? Or was it... Uh, it might have been a Kenyan. Whoever that... I think it happened in that race as well. But yeah, Borrega, Let's he was going line. for gold. I respect that. And you know, he was saying, oh, I wanted to win. But he could have gotten silver if he just ran hard through the line. You've run hard for 9,900... 96 meters it's really shouldn't be much of an effort to just run that extra four meters hard and get the silver medal I mean, correct he's the only one who, he cost himself it's not like anyone else was harmed but yeah come on dude look when i start coaching all these top people in the world john i'm gonna have two rules one run the entire race distance and then lean unless you're way ahead and then you can celebrate in first place only two never leave lane one ever but if you're boxed in Always stay in lane one because everybody else will leave wave one and be a stupid and, and you'll find space. But How'd that work out for Joe Wascom? I mean, uh, you don't mean Wascom. You mean... I mean Joe Wascom yesterday in the first oh, round. Yeah. Well, because he didn't leave lane one. He tried to leave lane one. Instead, if he stayed there, he would have made it. But Borrego, I talked to him through an interpreter afterwards, and he's like, I'm not happy. I'm like, well, if you got silver, would you have been happy? He said, no. Like, he's got the champion's mindset. I'm the Olympic champion. I wanted to win, which is kind of interesting because... I mean, it's not interesting that he wants to win, but this is by far his best result of the year. I mean, he was um, 12th at World XC, 2nd at the Ethiopian Trials, 9th in the Forest Diamond League, 1256, 5th in Lausanne, 13-5. So despite the less than stellar buildup, he was running for the win. And then Abeno should really be super encouraged. And there's op- this reminds me of last year, John, who was it, Charles... Semenya got the silver? Am I making that name I up? I think that name is totally made up. Stanley and Buru was yeah. the silver medalist last year. Oftentimes, a Kenyan kind of comes out of nowhere and snags a medal. But this medal from Mbenya was totally unexpected. Like, he's coming into this. If you told me that someone from Kenya is going to win a medal, kind of an unexpected medal, because I think I would think we all thought Argawa was going to medal. And he, there was someone moving up from the 5,000. I would have said his Nicholas Kamelny, the Kenyan, Kenyan champ, who's run 12.46, you know, and was fourth in the Olympic, I think, 5,000. It's been close to a medal before. Instead, it's in Benio. Kamelny's 24. Benio's 27. He was a runner-up of the Kenyan trial. He only has 12.54 PB. He was eliminated in the heat of Tokyo. He was only 10th last year, and he just ran like a baller today. Yeah, it, I mean, it's so kind of hard to tell what he kind of shape he was in this year looking back at his, his results. We didn't talk about him at all. I mean, how many times have we said bad news for Grant Fisher when someone runs well in the 5K or 10K? Daniel Semenyo, I mean, Semiu, Abenyo, whatever you want to call him, his name never came up in that conversation, in part because the only you know, real top races he ran were the Kenyan Trials in the 5K and the 10K, and he got second in both. He was sixth at World Cross, but you know, his diamond leagues, he was getting beat by Rob, Rob Fisher at the end of the last season. He was fifth in Brussels in the 5K, 12.54, 14th in Monaco in the 3K. He's not someone we would have said, oh, yeah, he, he's going to come out and beat Berahu Aragawi, who's been absolutely on fire this year. But he ran Monaco this year? No, he ran Monaco last oh. year. No, no. Well back. Right. Uh, but I, I guess it's, it's interesting. Like, I think just anyone on the Kenyan team, this is a gross overgeneralization, but it's probably true. Anyone on the Kenyan team, their like ceiling 
it's probably going to be higher than just your average American 10K entrant, right? Like some Kenyan, in this case, Abeno, pops off with some massive outlier, massive outlier performance. And we're not as stunned as we would be if this was like Joe Klecker getting oh. the silver medal, you know, who's who has also run 12.54. They have the exact same PB. Uh, absolutely. But I was going to say, in some ways, this should be encouraging for like a Klecker or a King K because this guy's never been sniffing a medal. And to be honest, they've never been sniffing a medal. But in other ways, this race is very depressing. And I always say it, Aragawi is a perfect example of why Grant Fisher should be depressed, I guess. I mean, people are like, well, why hasn't Grant won a medal? He's so damn good. I mean, what are Grant Fisher's um, PRs, John? 728, 1246, 2633. So those are pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But Barahu Aragawi, younger than Grant Fisher, fourth. So Grant Fisher was fifth in the 2021 Olympics, 2020 Olympics, which were held in 2021. Barry Howard is younger. He was fourth. He's run 12.40, 26.46, and yet again and he's- 7.26. Yeah, and yet again, he's fourth today. He's never medaled on the world stage. Um, so, he did get silver at World Cross. Let's give him credit for that. But on the track, no medals. Yeah. And- I have a Facebook listener tonight. No, it's always YouTube. David Shura says, I wish Aragawi raced like he usually does. I know world champs are different, but man, that would have made this so exciting. I mean, the guy deserves some credit, right? Like, I, I put it in the recap. Like, he pushed from two miles out. He pushed it all the way basically to 600, really 500 almost, until Chepta guy took over. And he tried. I mean, it was hot as hell. I walked over to the stadium. I did sleep in through the morning session. John covered that for me. And... I finally went to bed last night at 3.30 in the morning here after not sleeping for like, what, two days? Decided to walk and then realized it was so, I was going to walk fast. It was so hot. I decided to take one of those scooters. But um, I've got this in the recap here. The pace, two miles to go, 65, 64, 64, 64. It was a 4.19.54 from two miles, from eight laps to four laps. And then he goes a little bit slower, 66, 65. And then they go 60 and then 53.45. So the final mile must have been, what's the final time here, John? 27.51. So they run a 505, excuse me, 405 final mile. So they go 419, 405. So if you're a high school two-miler and you think you're a pretty good deal, big deal because you broke nine flat, these guys... Basically, just they probably broke 825 for the last two miles. And they did an 87 degree heat and, you know, fair amount of humidity as well. But it was only a. Oh, they're better than Weldon's PR. 2751. Yeah, it turns that? out these guys are pretty good. All right. So let's talk about the Americans. Yeah. Because. I went in and I was, it was the same thing we said with Elise Cranny yesterday in the women's race. We, 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 we got to apologize. It's humid. It's kind of slow. This might be the chance where Woody Kincaid could medal and, or at least contend for a medal. This is his best shot because if it's super fast, he's probably not going to be able to hang on. He'll probably get dropped. I mean, I guess he's run 2702, but these guys can probably do better than that. Anyway, or 2706. Anyway, the worry was. Woody Kincaid was in a race that was hot, humid, pretty slow. It was the 2021 Olympics. Didn't go that well for him. He was He's better now, but he was the U.S. champion two years ago, and that was my concern. 
Well, Woody actually handled the heat the best of any of the Americans. Joe Klecker, they went out in 1421 and he was still getting dropped. I mean, that's just, that's not even bad day in the heat. That's like awful worst race he's run in a number of years. Like Joe Klecker is very consistent and this was just an awful day at the worst possible time. And I'm sure the heat didn't help, but oh man, it's a stinker. I feel bad for the guy. But that, that was terrible. Sean McGordy was the next guy to get dropped. And then finally, Kincaid well, gets dropped with what? Two miles to go, Robert, around there? Four and a half laps. Four and a half laps. All right. So he made it further than everyone else. No, no he, he, he was making it close to the point where it was just like a loose cranny last night. I thought, wow, could this be the medal race where he medals? Even walk, going to the stadium, like, could we have a Billy Mills moment? I mean, so his kick is so good that – I was at least contemplating it for like a one in a thousand Well, chance. yeah, because he got dropped with about a mile to go. And Robert's like, oh, man, if that gap's the same, do you think he can medal? I'm like, well, we both know that gap's not going to be the same. But then but they, two laps later, it was the same. So we're like, oh, They maybe. slowed down there from three to from four to three and three to two. And I told Woody afterwards, I said, hey, we were still debating, man, with like three laps to go. Could you kick? But we thought there was too many guys ahead of him. Like they'd all, three of them would find a good lap. He's like, thanks for having faith in me. So, a couple post-race quotes here. Klecker, I mean, it was terrible. We turned to David Montini, former elite coordinator for the Roadrunners. I'm like, David, and I hate to be like the guy in the armchair quarterback. Walden dropped out of the Pan Am games. I've got no problem with dropping out. Some coaches have a problem with it. Some athletes do. I'm like, wouldn't you rather run with the lead pack for as long as you can and then just drop out instead of, like, falling off, like, two miles into the race? But he said... He was honest about it. I mean, really no excuses. On a day when I had no excuses not to be my best, I was probably my worst all season. I don't think there's really any doubt about it. He was definitely his worst. Um, but for Kincaid, you know, he's like, it's clear like Mo, my teammate, or his old teammate, I said his Bowerman teammate, ex-Bowerman teammate, has the strength and fitness to be able to stay there with those guys till lap to go. I definitely think I got closer this year. I just don't think I necessarily like indicative of the jump I made in fitness. But definitely a hard learning lesson. Oh, that was McGordy. That was McGordy's quote. My, uh, my comment. That's not, my, my apologies. It's not Woody Kincaid. Woody Kincaid said it was a boiler out there. But he said it's a good experience. And then, am I reading too much on this? Did, did he take a dig at Grant Fisher? He said there's a good chance we're all back out there next year. I mean, yes, that's a dig at Grant Fisher. He's the American record holder. He wasn't on the team. But... I mean, maybe a veiled dick. I don't know. It wasn't. That's not something he's thinking at the, in the moment. He's probably trying to say something encouraging, and he's not just trying to like. I don't think his plan was, "Oh, I'm going to shit on Grant Fisher and make this comment." It was just like, "Hey, I think we can all do better next year." The question, I guess, I have for you moving forward, Robert. We've seen Woody run the 10K twice at Global Championships. Hasn't been close to a medal. I think. Just based on his skill set, I would think he'd be better suited to meddling in the in the 5K maybe because these 10Ks, it's either really humid or it's quite quick. And I think neither of those really play to his strengths. Like moving forward, I mean, you can double next year at the Olympic trials because there's a gap. But I don't know. Like, do you think he made a mistake doing the 10K over the 5K this year at USA's? Well, no, because he doesn't know that he's going to make the 5K. Sure, team. sure. So, but, but, but I'm saying going well, in, you don't know that, I, I listened to him on a podcast and he's like, I, it takes me a while to recover. So the short window of a normal USA's and just compared to the trials is hard for him. But yeah, I think he's better suited for 5,000. I think 
And these like when you look at McGordy and Klecker, they're giants compared to these other guys in the Big K. And people can say Walden gets mad. We're too big for the thing. Walden, we're six one. I'm six feet. Walden's a little bit taller than me. Like that's just a lot of it's a lot of body mass to dissipate the heat. And I, I think that you know it, it, it can be tough. So. I think his best bet is the 5,000. It kind of reminds me of something Mark Wetmore said, former or current Colorado coach, thank God. This is coach. And like when it's wet and rainy and NCAs, people used to think, oh, it's going to slow it down and. and you know, Where is this analogy going? Everyone's going to be together. It's going to help the kickers. Because you can't run away from people. It's just such a mess. And Wetmore one time, I think, told Chris Lear or me or somebody, he's like, no, it makes the race longer. It's harder to hang in for 30 minutes than it is 28 minutes. And I think the same thing true might be in the heat. I think they'd rather – I asked Woody this question. He said, oh, I, I try to prepare for everything. But – I think that he would be better suited. And I think all of the Americans would, well, he said, what he's like, we'd all like it to be decent weather. Yeah, yeah they just, they, in America, it's hard to get this kind of weather for training, or at least when you're going up to altitude all the time. Usually the altitude well, places. What's happened to the camera, John? I don't know, Robert. <laughs> for some reason, this camera just has a mind of its own sometimes. I don't know what settings you put it on. It's ridiculous. You're getting a view of our Airbnb in Budapest. Hope you guys all like it. We got some nice carpeting here. But yeah, the Americans, like where they're training over the summer, Park City or St. Moritz or Flagstaff, is not warm. You know, it's high altitude. Whereas the Ugandans and the Kenyans, it's high altitude, but it also, it also is quite often warm. I asked Chapter Guy, what do you do to prepare for the heat? And he's like, well, some of it's mental, but some of it's, you know, we just kind of we train in warm weather and we, we get used to it. When you live, Near the equator, you're going to be training in warm weather. So, you know, it, I, I don't think, I'm not saying that Americans should move to Uganda or move to Florida, but some of it is just like that's kind of something you just got to deal with. And we have seen some Americans run well in the heat. Galen was fourth in Tokyo when it was quite hot, and he almost medaled in Eugene when it was hot. But uh, yeah, some of it just came, comes with beat games that next level, but it is hard to replicate. We're back, John. We're back. Thank God. Thank God if you're not watching it live, the camera has a mind of its own. I don't know why I decided to just film the carpet. This is a cool room. The atmosphere we set of the crowd's amazing. Our apartment is vintage. Budapest. Eastern European, old school. 1950s, 1960s. Anyways. All right. Enough 10K. Enough, enough 100. Oh, Mohamed. I mean, he was pretty good, right? Sixth. I mean, yeah, he doesn't usually. He usually the five K is his better event, but this to me is a good sign for him in the five K. If he's running competitively in the ten K and the five K is his better event, good for him. Let's go to the fifteen hundred semis. I love the fifteen hundred semis. They're super exciting. This one made it very simple. It's just top six in each. Move on. Oh wait, one thing. Oh my god, go ahead. World Athletics, if you're listening, how many lanes are on the track at all these championships, John? Nine. My son's trying to FaceTime me. I don't think it's a good idea to answer that one. And how many semifinal heats are there? 
Well, in the 1500, there's only I'm two. talking about the 100. The 100, there's three. The more key events in the calendar. And how many, what's three times three? Nine. So why don't we just take the top three from every heat and put them in the final? That's uh, Subco's next boning issue. I think the rule, because the rules for these championships say you have to have eight in the final, but we saw, who did it this year? The NCAA started taking nine to the final. Right, I right? get it. They used to want to have nine in case there was some fall or whatever. To me, if there's a fall or whatever, you have a race off. Or if there's a tie, you have a race off. Like, that would make it more exciting. And it'd be hard to have a race off. Or, or at that point, flip a coin. You can't really have a race off. There's not enough time between the 100 semis and the 100 final to do it. But anyways, that's a side point. 50 hunters, it was clear. Top six, and you're in. Seventh and later, you're out. And... Yeah, I mean, I want to do a little stock up, stock down, maybe, from some of these guys, what we saw in the semifinals. And let's start with Heat 1, which was won by Yari Nagus, the American. I think stock up. And... Robert has all season long. Robert has found tried to find reasons to doubt Yard Nagus, and Yard Nagus keeps showing why he shouldn't be doubted. And I think tonight was another excuse like, example. I actually thought he looked better in this race than he did in the prelims on Saturday. He didn't seem to be in any doubt. It was a fairly tight finish at the end, I guess. You know, everyone was within three tenths of a second, the top seven, but Nagus was. Well positioned. He made it pretty quick. It was 332 in a semifinal. He advanced and he won the heat against some very good guys. I, th I think this is very encouraging. Encouraging, but he's only 0.298 away from being eliminated. <laughs> okay, so is literally everyone who qualified for the final from this heat. Fair enough. His last, it's only scared me. He had the lead. If he didn't watch the race, he had the lead coming off the turn. But I mean, these races are so tight. And then. Um, poor podcast guest, 18-year-old Niels Laros is boxed in behind him. He rolls up on the inside, or totally boxed, decides to go on the inside. And then, like, a bunch of other people are coming up. And Nagus kind of, like, five meters to left, like, they were really gaining on him. Like, why doesn't he accelerate? And he didn't really accelerate, but then he leans. I'm like, and the lean made me nervous. I'm like, oh, he's panicking? That means he was tying up. Now, when I asked him about it later, he said, I didn't realize they were coming up until I saw the scoreboard with five meters left. So I, it's not quite a quick panic. Like, I should just lean. You know, as everybody, as we saw with Morega, your worst nightmare is to realize too late. So, yes, I think I should, I shouldn't be only having talked to him about it. 20% of that makes me nervous. Like, was he totally tying up? Or not? I don't think he was. Look, I but, think there's like 10, almost everyone in this final is a medal contender. Nah. But behind, well, I guess you're I'm right. looking at these people, okay. the finalists from this first so you tell said, me who's not a medal contender out of these guys. Said, Maybe Habs? You said stock up for who? Stock up for Nagus. Stock way up for Niels Laros. This kid's amazing, Robert. I mean, I don't, I, I, this might be blasphemy. Could this guy be the next Jakob? Yes. He's so yes. effing good. He's got no. range. He's around 144 for 800, which is way faster than Jakob's actually ever run. But I bet Jakob could run 144 right now. He's run 13.23 for 5K. And then yesterday in the semi, in the prelims, he runs 3.34. Today, he looked amazing. He's just casually speeding up on the, making an inside pass on the home straight to run a PB, national record, 3.32.74 for the Netherlands. 
making the final at the age of 18. This guy looks like he's a 25 or 26-year-old, not someone making his major championship debut. He's, he's amazing. Amazing. And then he thought he won because Seiko again screwed up like they did at the timing of the action last year. And they put him up as the winner on the board. He was like, yeah. Punked. But again, the timing's been all over the place. He's like a let's run. He's like a he's like a let's run nerd that's like living the dream. And he's like, remember we talked on the podcast? Like, hopefully you make worlds and I'll meet you in person. Now he's not only making worlds. This dude legit could medal, maybe even win it. I mean, I think it's obviously the heaven favorite. (laughs) What? (laughs) You think Niels Laros is going to win the world title in the fifteen? I said he could win it. No, he could. No, No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think anyone can win this apart from Yaku. I I mean, I might sound like an idiot. Only Yaku can win it. No. Yes. If he gets food poisoning between now and then, okay, yeah, gets arrested or killed in a terrorist unforeseen circumstance, Robert. Why is this camera moving at all? No one wants to see a close-up of my face. The girls do. Someone said, John, you look good tonight. Uh, Thank you. Anyway, no, look, Jakob, we'll get to him in a second. That that guy's ridiculous. But Niels Laros could medal. That would would not shock me. Because like I said, who couldn't medal from these qualifiers? Nagus, yes. Nagus wins it. I I didn't pay attention to Kip saying. I don't know what he did. Laros was amazing. Hobbs, I apologize to the French, my French neighbor. He's moving back to France. I don't pay any attention. He's like one of the one guy. We only can't medal, but he he's just... run three twenty nine this year. I mean, I, I don't think he's good. I think he he's worse than a lot of these guys. But he's in the conversation. Norda Nor can medal. Neil Gorley. I mean, no. his tactics haven't haven't been great in any of his races recently. But if he's like, if they really string it out and it's like a three twenty eight race in the final, maybe he's maybe he does that though. He's never broken three thirty. I I love talking to Gorley after this race. He said. I felt terrible out there. I'm not going to lie. But I've always wanted to be good enough that I can make a final without feeling good. And I've done it. So one hundredth of a second, he's ended the final. So he's like, normally I feel myself as I, I recover pretty well. I'd like the finals to be on two days, not three. Um, and looks like Wold is trying to join us. Well, no, he's gone. Yeah, they, they get a nice break. The final's not till Wednesday, so they get two whole days of recovery in between, which I suppose will be good for him. Uh, speaking of, well, I guess, looking at the other people in this race, not a great night for the Spaniards. Last year, they went 3-4-11 in the World Championship final. This year, they've only got one finalist. Both of their semifinalists in the first heat were eliminated at El Mechal and Mocatia. They had that great duel at the Spanish Championships. Katia's run 328 this year, medaled last year. I picked her to medal this year, so one of my medal picks is already out. But it's interesting because I talked to Mario Garcia Romo about this, who did make the final from the second heat. And I was like, is it hard? You know, it's such a grind to make the Spanish team. You know, they have four real stars. Fontes, Ignacio Fontes was a finalist last year. And Mario Garcia Romo is fourth in the world last year. He barely made the team this year. He's like, yeah, man, it's it's tough. You know, Spain, if you, you're making the Spanish national team, you're one of the best 1,500 runners in the world. And I didn't talk to Mekal, but the Spanish like press liaison essentially came out to me. He's like, hey, Mekal, he was speaking in Spanish in a different interview. He said the same thing. He's like, I had to peak just to make the team. Now I'm coming off my peak. It's only three weeks later. I don't know if it, that totally works because... We did see last year the Spanish championships for three weeks before Worlds, and they ran great at Worlds. But I, I do think 
you know, it, it's tough for sure, uh, having to make that team and then come back and run again really well three weeks later. Jonathan Masses want to know, is Inga Bridgeton as big of a favorite this year, bigger favorite this year than last year? And why? Of course, he, I mean, have, has anyone watched the Diamond League? Did he run 327 last year? Twice? No. Was he crushing people by as big a margins as last year? No. Was he closing races as hard as last year? No. If you want to know why Jakob's a much bigger favorite than he was in 2022, go back and read my preview. I made my case for him. That's why I think he's been, like, what he did over the final 200 this year is exactly why I think he's essentially unbeatable in the final. Because he's run, he's still got that immense aerobic engine, but then he's just ripping people to shreds over the last 100, and he did it again today. So let's talk about the second heat. I mean, it was kind of shocking. And again, we're watching most of these races at home. You've got a much better view of the races than we do. We're in a basement watching it on tape delay, 30 seconds after we can hear the damn crowd cheering, trying to interview people so the nerds can listen to their damn YouTube interviews. Anyways, I missed the men's hunter final. I, I, 10 years ago, I said I'll never miss the men's hunter final. I always go up and watch it live. Only the old folks don't come up to watch it live. And then today I was like, no, I'll get the 10K interviews. I want to get the three Americans, John. So those of you You're that no Lyles hater, let's be real. That's the reason you missed it, Rob. No, I wanted to get the 10K interviews, and I was just like, you admit it, our, our seats like past the finish line, so it's hard to tell. It's what's the worst. I mean, well, I don't want to complain about the view, but it's not a great view because anyway, it's head on. Men's, anyway. Second heat of men's 500 goes off, and I kind of forgot Ingebrigtsen was in it. Like 800 in, I look up, like, what's going on? Someone's like, Ingebrigtsen, what's he doing? Like, normally, he goes, normally he goes out and lasts for the first 100, takes the lead between 1 and 200, and then, or 250, and then dominates. He was running in the pack, boxed in. And like at the bell, I'm looking at a couple of journalists. They're like, what's Jakob doing? I'm like, it always opens up. That's just, you always say at Cornell. It always opens up. But he's so much better than everyone else. At one point, I'm like, if I'm him at this point, just to be sure, I'm going to dead last place. Letting the field go around and going around him. He didn't quite have to do that. He got out a little bit. So he's like two or three guys behind him. And then he just ripped it. And he came off the final turn, kind of like third or fourth, and starts showboarding like Weldon Johnson did with four laps and 20 meters to go at the 2003 USA before Weldon got dusted. But unlike getting Weldon, Jakob didn't get dusted. He goes to the heat, went 334.98. Josh Kershaw at 335.54. The American Cole Hawker, who was up front, normally Hawker's being a little bit nervy in the back in the tactics. Third, he was up front, went to finish third. Mario Garcia Romo's looked great in this championships fourth, just like he was at Wolves last year. A couple guys I'm not expecting for medals: Isaac Nader, Portugal, and Reynold Chariot, fifth and sixth. By the way, Timothy Chariot, he said he was expecting a fast final and he would be fine. Well, not so fine. Ninth place. All good things come to an end. Robert, John, I think Weldon, say, Weldon may finally be right. He's not on the podcast right now. This is down. a to take a victory but, lap. Timothy Chirio, is he washed? I mean, he didn't make the final. He had an amazing run. And it's not Silver, been, gold, silver, and then sixth last year. That's Most 1,500 runners would kill for that in their career. All I'm going to say is, how has he done since his, his partner got popped for the whereabouts failures? Not as well. I mean, he... 2021, didn't he get the silver? Wasn't that when Manigore was banned, I think, in 2020? So he did get Olympic silver in 2021, beat Joachim in the Diamond League final. Since then, he has gotten worse, but he's also been injured in yeah. 2022. And he's getting I older. shouldn't even go there, but as Rose Runner says, 
He ran the worst tactical race I've ever seen. His tactics are absolutely god-awful. Like, they're so bad. Like, when he was better than everyone else, when you're better than everyone else, you don't need tactics because you just get on the rail and lead, and you're just running 1,500 meters of time trial, and nobody can catch you. Like, I was sitting next to these guys from, I don't know where they were from. I'm like, what's he doing? Like, he's got an awkward stride, so I can see why he doesn't want to run the pack, but he's, like, running so much extra ground. Like, he's always out in the outside lane, too. It was a disaster. He didn't advance. I, I like him, so I'm kind of disappointed. I wanted to prove the data was wrong. But he's gone. But I was just kind of stunned. Like, Ingebrigtsen, what was he doing? We don't know, because he, for the second day in a row, he speaks at length to the Norwegian media. And before I got to Worlds and wasn't staying up to 3 a.m. and tired, I was going to, like, last week. I'm now in my RSS feed that I checked. I go to Norwegian websites every day, and I check for Ingebrigtsen articles, and then I translate them and see what he's saying. Because he's speaking at length to Norwegian with me, but not to us. And I interviewed him on YouTube in Norwegian and put it up. And I finally asked the guy, what did he say? He's like, I was, he was saying, oh, he's celebrating because the crowd was asleep and he wanted to get them to wake up. And the guy said he said he felt Has he really been in the stadium for the rest of the meet? The crowd's been great. I mean, they yeah. don't kind of go nuts. I don't want to say that two exactly. laps of a 1500 semifinal. Maybe, so maybe I was like, yeah, I don't want to say that he was like dissing the crowd because it could have been lost in translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he just wanted to pump the crowd up. Sure. Like, how it was said. And then he said like, the guy said, oh, he said he felt really good. Now, I don't know if that's what he really said. I, I, I got an email from someone else. Apparently, they also watched this interview, assume they speak Norwegian. They said he merely felt good rather than really good. Okay, so, good. Conflicting reports, yeah. So, now the split wasn't, the last lap was not what the world of See, this is said. the other thing. Like, I, someone points this out. They're like, Jakob, he closed in 50.6. And I go and read the official race analysis, and I'm like, Holy shit, he ran 50.6 for his last lap when he was screwing around, closing in lane two on the final turn, and it was a 334 race. Like, is anyone in history this good? Like, this is insane. And then it's like, oh no, it was a 52 flat. Like, the, the timing splits, I don't know what numbers, they, where they're pulling this stuff from, but it ended up to 50.6 and it was actually a 52. So that's been frustrating as a journalist to have to deal with that, but we roll with the punches. It was a what? So it was 52 flat, lost lap. Still pretty good for having to go wide and not really take it seriously until the lost 200. But, I, you know, I, with at the bell, I was actually thinking, I'm like, he's in awful position. Like, th this could be a, a disaster. I, I remember how the first heat went. I was like, six guys, seven guys are all kicking for that spot. What if that happens this heat? No, it wasn't a problem for Ingebrigtsen at all. I turned to this foreign journalist. I was like, if this guy doesn't make the final. I did say this in the middle of the race. You know, just generally the point when I say, like, oh, my God, could Cranny Metal, could Think Hey Metal, and they get dropped. I'm like, if he doesn't make the final, my website is going to explode. But interesting here. Some people are saying they don't like his tactics, unsportsmanlike. I asked Josh Kerr. I said, what do you think Ingebrigtsen was doing? Did you see him celebrating early? Josh Kerr, who was extremely confident at Worlds last year, has not been talking as much this year, said, he did point out, hey, I didn't see him celebrating because he was behind me at the point. <laughs> so I asked Hawker. Hawker was like, you know what? He's the Olympic champion. So when you've done that, I guess you've like Hawker didn't seem thrilled with that, but he's like, look, the guy has kind of earned some respect in this sport, and he kind of you know, admitted that. Check so. this quote out. He's enjoying himself. This is from Kirk. Jakob's enjoying himself out there. I was doing the same thing last year, and everyone was giving me shit. 
I'm sure it will be a glory story now. But I had a good time. He had a good time. And the crowd had a good time. So what's there to complain about? I'm not complaining. That was it was awesome. I got a text. A college coach texted me. He's like, I'm going to get the exact phrasing here. But he, he said, that was awesome. So anyway. Well, we see what college coach that is, John. You, you, don't, need, you don't need to know. I it's a see. prominent college coach of top like, D1 program. I'd like to see, please, just so I can. You guys give me what is my reaction here? All right. that, that's, the, that's the that's the college coach. Oh, Robert doesn't even know this. I've, I've never right. even heard of. Wow, this is disgraceful. I'm gonna Google Robert. it now. This is absolutely disgraceful. Robert has met this person and had multiple conversations with them. Like, it's really, really. Johnson is a prominent coach. He's this is a low level assistant. <laughs> he's, barely he's the head coach of a D D one cross country team. All right, we, we don't need is to this, go. With, am I the right person? I mean, that, that's a old bio. This person has a new title. Anyway, we don't want to get into too many details about this. Let's talk about this race. So Ingebrigtsen, stock up, even though his stock was already insanely high. I think Carr and Garcia Romo both stock up a little bit. They, they looked good. Let's talk about Cold Hawker, Robert. So as one of our commenters here astutely noted, I picked Cold Hawker to medal at the very start of the year. as one of my bold predictions. And... I didn't believe in him enough because I didn't pick him in the prediction contest. I picked Moketia. Shame on me. But I'm not saying I should be allowed to count this in the prediction contest, but I'm now I'm no, now going back and I'm saying Cole Hawker's going to medal, baby. I know there's a lot of other good guys. We're going to have two medalists? Two, three for the U.S. No, I mean, the chances are it doesn't happen. You know, probably on paper, Koa has a better shot. Well, definitely on paper, Koa has a better shot. But I liked what I've seen from Cole Hawker. And he's feeling confident. I was asking him, you know, how do you feel your shape compares to Tokyo in 2021 when he was six and he ran 331? He said, I'm fitter now. I lost a bunch of time earlier this year, but he said he's been running the best workouts of his life have been between USAs and this meet. And I was a little worried when he ran 147 in his tune-up, 800 for this meet, but he's looked good. He was at the front. He was never in any danger of not qualifying in this race. I do think he still has a big kick. I don't know how much that'll help him in this kind of race, but I was like, last time in Tokyo, you kind of hung back. He picked some people off and moved up because it was really fast up front. This year, it's probably going to be a similar race. It's probably going to be 328, 329 to medal. Are you going to be close to the front? And he was essentially like, look, I was sixth in Tokyo. I was happy with that. I'm not going to be happy with sixth in the final. So yeah, I think you know, he didn't come out and just say, I will be at the front. He's going to run to win a medal. He's not, maybe to win, I didn't say he was going to win the whole thing, but he's going to be running for a medal. He's not going to be content just making up the numbers, which was encouraging to me. wonder how many guys are going to be running for a medal. It's going to be wild. It's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I asked you, could he medal? You said yes. This is, you know, during the heats. I still absolutely believe Cole Hawker is capable of meddling. It doesn't mean he will, but he, as soon as, when he was kicking in Oregon, I thought that guy could be a future medalist. And I said that about Josh Kerr in 2017. He won a medal. I said, well, I believe that about Cole Hawker. That Kerr, kind of shifting gears, you can't teach that. But Kerr beat him today. Garcia Romo is .03 behind. Niels Laros looks amazing. Yeah, this is a stacked race. This is Nagus. why we love the 1500, Robert. Because, look, Jakob's the king right now. Well, 
Whiteman's actually the king right now. He's got a few more days as the reigning champion. By, by the way, so but, Whiteman apparently is doing commentary. I don't know if it's for the international feed or the, it's on Canadian. I know the Canadians heard him. said he's great, which doesn't surprise me. So if they get Whiteman on US TV, then I won't be upset that it's not me doing US TV. <laughs> but anyway, have we even have we gotten to the women's 1500? Have we just talked about men? Because we got excited. Like nobody has time. Yeah, let's all right. Let's no, people have work to do. It's a Monday morning when they're listening to this in the US. The supporters club members. It's over an hour. I said I want to keep 40 minutes, but there's just a lot to go to. Tomorrow's going to be a little quicker night because there's no distance finals. We have the 110 hurdle finals. We have the women's, women's 100 final. And a bunch of prelims, prelims in the semis in the 400 hurdles and men's 400 hurdles. But are there no distance races at all? Tomorrow? No distance races of any kind. It's so, a little bit interesting. So there's two days off here. One last thing about the men's 1500. Normally the final would be Tuesday, not it's actually Wednesday. Neil Goley's like, normally I want to compete quick. I like the extra day because I felt terrible today. But um, you're Nagus. I said, what did you think? He's like, uh, I'm glad it's Wednesday. I think it's going to be, he said, I still think it's going to be really fast. He's expecting it to be fast and he wants to run fast. When I asked Kerr, he's like, I don't really care what the pace is. Um, I can make something happen if it's fast from the gun or at the last 600. So he seemed confident in both scenarios. Women's 1500, very interesting in the sense of, we had a couple surprises here. Sent home was? Well, two of the three Americans, Sinclair Johnson and Nikki Hiltz, both went home. Corey McGee, third straight championship final. Now, she was advanced to the final in Tokyo, but she earned the final the last two years. So, you know, God give respect to her. She ran well. Yeah, and but here at Masesha, one of the Ethiopians, I mean, there was like, I kind of viewed almost the three Ethiopians indistinguishable. Actually, the fourth Ethiopian who didn't make the team, I was going to pick her for silver if she made it. And I'm like, I don't have a lot of faith, though. They're so young. And we saw that. Here at Masesha is out. But Burke Halam were great, second, and for Heat won. But Nelly Chipchurcher of Kenya looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. She won the Heat 1. Coming in, I would have said the medalists are going to be Kip Yegun, obviously for gold. And then some combination of Ethiopians for bronze and silver, maybe Laura Muir. When Hassan entered, I'm like, okay, she's got a medal. And then who's going to, I would say, probably another Ethiopian. But Chipchurcher definitely can medal. Like, this is a woman that was fourth of World Juniors last year. 411 PB. She's run 358. She just won her heat. I'm like, you ever competed at Worlds before? She's like, in Colombia. I'm like, that's juniors. She's like, yeah, I'm excited. So, God bless her. She's running great. Probably well, getting mad at this poor 20 year old. I wasn't mad. <laughs> okay, okay. John, John's. Well, I'm fully, I'm, I'm in my only... mind, I'm imagining that as she's just being light and happy and saying, oh, yeah, I was at Worlds last year. And you're saying that was World Juniors. No, I was just. I'm the only Western journalist that interviewed her. Watch out for her. Um, Shira McGann of Ireland can medal. Corey McGee looks good. She's very competitive. But watching the first heat, I was like, wow, could Corey get a medal? Could McGeehan get a medal? And then I watched the second heat, and I'm like, I don't think so. Because the second heat, you got Kipier on. You got Wilteji. Hassan, Hassan, Laura Muir, who says that she's in the shape of a life. Let me read out the times and they This is the most today. ridiculous semifinal I've ever seen. 355-1-4, 355-1-8, 355-48. Now, when's the women's final? Is it only, it's, it's Tuesday. Yes, they only have one so day. So this actually may be good for the Americans that they ran so fast, but they got a full day off. 
But it took 357.85. God bless Adele Tracy of Jamaica, 358.77 national record. Sarah Healy, Ireland, her first sub four, I think, 359.68. Abby Caldwell, who we love because she got screwed over last year, first sub four, 359.79. None of them make the final. Yeah, these are four women who ran post. They're at the World Championships. You've got to be pretty good to get to the World Championships. They all ran PBs. Sarah Healy, Abby Caldwell, Esther Guerrero, and Adele Tracy. None of them made the final. And how about this? Nikki Hiltz, the American champion who's had an amazing 2023 U.S. indoor champion, U.S. outdoor champion. If I told you, okay, she's going to go, they's going to go to world, Hiltz is going to go to worlds and run four flat point eight four in the semifinal, you'd be like, okay, great. Nikki made the final. Nope. Not only did she not make the final, she was dead last. All over the place. Now, one person did drop out. That, and when I talked to her, Nikki afterwards, Hiltz was like, I had an amazing year. I never thought I'd make it back to Worlds. Uh, I'm not going to complain. But they said this, they felt something was off in this meet, right? I believe yes. that was the gist right. of the interview is that they weren't feeling totally themselves. And, and th admittedly, that looked the case in the first round. I thought that Nikki didn't look as smooth at the end of the race, was not responding yeah. quite as well no, as Nikki they did she in the She said they, Nikki said they, they didn't feel good throughout. And whatever. That gets me to a message board post. and It doesn't really accomplish anything. I'm going to stick to my guns here. It's two in the morning. New York Times did a lengthy feature on her. And I, I think it's cool. The more track publicity we get, I think Nikki is an interesting person. But I, I thought the profile, I finally read it tonight, was an abomination. Like, the profile is obsessed, obviously, with what? Two things. Sex and gender. It's about how Nikki identifies as non-binary non and blah, blah. And you had to read 13 paragraphs before you could induce, if you're a new reader, that Nikki is a biological female. There was no talk of biology. It was talked about how Nikki won the USA 1500. It didn't say that she won, that they won the women's 1500. And I'm like, why are you obsessed with gender? This is an article that should be about, at a minimum, gender and sex, and it was only about gender. And to me, someone on the message board made an interesting point. Nico Young came out, a rare prominent NCAA athlete that's gay. No one talks about it anymore. It's not brought up in every race. We love Nico. Cool for you. Be yourself. I would say the same thing to Nico. But we don't bring it up because someone's sexuality is not relevant to the race. I would say the same thing about whether you're an atheist or religious. Same thing with gender. It's not relevant to your race. Your biological sex is relevant to the race, and that's why in the category you are in. And to me, I think actually Nikki could be like a Caitlyn Jenner of the sport. Like she's proving biology is real, but I think she leans too liberally to make that happen. So that's my rant. I just couldn't have it. I just I thought the article was like a joke. Yeah, you, of, here you are complaining. We need to talk more about the races, and then you're going off. On but the how, how, John, on the if you wrote an article about Nikki Hills, would you wait to the thirteenth paragraph to say that? Nikki is a biological female competing in the women's category. I, I don't know, Robert. Was, well, go I, ahead and read it tomorrow, then tell me what you think. Okay. Now, Rojo Rant officially over. The rest of this 1500, I mean, I, can we give a shout out to Katie Snowden? Amazing. She had never broken four flat in her life. 29 years old. She oh, wait. runs 356. One, one last thing. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt. Okay. Someone's saying, why is this brought up? It has to be brought up. And this is the interesting thing about transgender. Because... By being transgender and by an agreeing to agree to their pronouns, we have to say they. And it sounds so awkward that if you don't bring it up, the average viewer doesn't know that 
biological males aren't allowed, might assume that they're male. Whereas with, with Nico, you don't, you don't have to talk about sexuality because it never comes up. But with the pronoun thing, it's sort of automatically brought up in every single Agreed. race. Agreed. If you're non-binary, yes, there's, it's unclear which sex you were All born. Right, go and, back. You know, that sort of thing. Anyway, Katie Snowden, shout out, 29 years old, comes into Worlds with a 4 flat PB. I mean, I talked to her coach, Stephen Haas, before this, and she, he's just like, look, she's ready to roll. Like, she's been ripping workouts in St. Moritz. Who's coach? Stephen Haas. And he was just like, you know, she's in really, really good shape. Wait, he told you this beforehand? He did. Okay. <laughs> John. She just ran 356. John, so. John and Haas are like besties. So he's, I mean, he picks up the phone. A lot of, cool no, a lot of agents. So anyway. I can tell you the list of agents that like John. All right. Anyway. And I talked to Katie about this. I'm like, where did this come from? You know, because, you know, it's one thing to know you're in really good shape, but. Even if you're in good shape, like how do you get from four flat in your entire life? Actually, four flats from this year. She didn't, she didn't even run that fast in previous years. How do you get that from that to 356 world championship finalist at 29? And she essentially said, you know, she's had some bad luck the last few years. 2019, she had a significant injury. 2020, it was the COVID year, you know, kind of threw everyone off. She gets back to racing in 2021, but then 2022, she gets COVID and she gets an injury. So, this year, she's really had no interruption. She's been based in Flagstaff since the end of 2021. She thinks she responds well to altitude, and that's really helped her. So combine the altitude with the healthy training, that's why she's like, look, I've always had the talent and the ability. I just haven't been able to get that consistent block of training. How many athletes do we hear say the same thing, right? But that's what she's saying. So congrats to her. She'll be in the final. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Like, I don't see her beating 10 people and getting a medal, but 356, she's run faster than every brick except for Laura Mueller. It was a great race. She, you know, deserves some props. And also, Stephen Haas, for the record, she was like, I'm going into the call room. The last thing my coach said to me before I go in the call room is, you're in shape to run 356. And that's what she did. Wow. I'm going to read some interesting YouTube comments here. The only way Hawker will medal is he punches out Kerr and Laros while flailing his arms on the kick. You mean the Safan Hassan strategy? I guess. Eight Franks joined late and says, flip a coin to reach the championship final. That's an abysmal idea. All I'm saying is that there's a tie between eight and ninth. What are you going to do? They have a th This happened while the indoors lost here in the 60-meter hurdles. It was tied down to the 1,000th. They couldn't break the tie. So they had like... They rolled up a bib or something like, or they put two bibs together and they one had a mark like, on it and they yeah, pulled one, it out. They, they roll it and that's how they pick the final finalists. In the and there's something in the U.S. sports with a coin toss if you tie like down to the eighth. So I don't think it's a terrible idea. Um, someone wants to know: Is Nelly Chip Churcher related to Perez Chip Churcher? I'm going to guess that the answer is no. We don't know Kenyan names. The names are spelled differently. Well, the names might be spelled differently. But my understanding of the Kenyan last name is the name means like born at the morning, born under the sun, born under a tree. Like it's not your family name. That's like your middle name. That's why they switch back and forth because you'll see brothers that never have the last name. It's not because the dad is like having lots of wives or different women. It's because your name describes your birth circumstance. Yeah, like, doesn't Kipchoge... Yeah, born Kipcho in a hospital. Kipchoge means born near a grain store. Say, a granary. 
Admit it. Some of you driving to work are like, Roger's racist. He's had too much to drink. I've only had two beers. The beer, we, we didn't know where to buy the beers. We had to pay like $6 for them. Again, they must think we're American tourists. So I haven't had that much to drink. I'm dead serious, and John's confirmed it. So, so Robert, since this is where we really should be ending the show because, you know, people have got another, they've got to watch the meet on Monday night when they're listening to this. But they got all day to listen to this, yeah. Should we tell them about our adventure getting back from the stadium tonight? On St. Stephen's Day, you are correct. It's a national holiday. They're they're celebrating the foundation of the Hungarian state. It's every August 20th. That's why Worlds ended early tonight because they wanted everyone to be able to get out to see the fireworks in Budapest at 9 p.m. We missed it, unfortunately. We were working. We, We did this for you people. So... We're leaving the stadium. It's a disaster. The trains aren't running properly from the stadium. There was trains, but we're just the train. Well, there is a to, train, but we don't know where that, it stops. Well, it seems to go right from the stadium to right near our apartment. But when you go on Google Maps, it never says to get on that train, so we don't. It does stop. I think you'd have to change train. We don't get on that. The bus isn't leaving for twenty minutes. There are no taxis, and they ripped us off last night. So, Robert's like, "Well, I got over here on a lime scooter," and I'm just like. I've, and he's like, what would you think about riding one of those back? We can ride right along the Danube because there's a bike path. And I was like, wow, this actually sounds like it could be fun. So we go up there and after some struggles, we download the apps, we get on there and we're riding along. I, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous about this, Robert. I've never done this in my life. I've never had good balance. It took me a while to learn to ride a bicycle. So hopping on this thing without a helmet, I was a bit worried. We start out okay. But then a bunch of drunk Hungarians who are celebrating their national holiday, they're, all, they're on bike, the combination of bikes and scooters, I think. And they're coming down the bike path and they just start playing chicken with us. They're just not moving out of the right lane. And they're coming right at us. I'm like, well, it's, I'm not going to get in a crash with some idiot just because they don't want to move. So I pull off and kind of the last minute, they start laughing at me. Apparently they did the same thing at Rob, to Robert as well. But we survived. And we hit some cobblestones. That was, oh my God, white knuckle scootering. If I've ever experienced it, I had to hold on so bad. My my hands, I felt like they were going to like, okay, not so like John. frozen, but yeah. You did good because I would have never done it with you if I hadn't practiced on the way there. So it was fun. I feel a little bit young. Now, can someone do the math here? I was going 22 kilometers per hour. It's like 22.3. And I'm like, can the runners possibly run this fast? And I looked it up. Yes, they can. Because, Robert, think about this logically. How long is a half marathon? It's 21.1 kilometers, okay? So we know someone can run a half marathon in about 57 minutes. So you must have been going at about the same pace as Jacob Kiplimo when he set the world record. Perhaps. So the 10 k guys could beat me in my damn scooter because it looks fast. Was that a max speed? Yeah, we were 22-something. It, that, that felt really <laughs> fast. I can't no, no, That's what Jacob Kiplimo runs for a half marathon? I was debating my 10K because the 10K guys go this fast. Jesus. But I kind of look, now, there's the, have you all ever run at night? It does seem like you're going much faster at night because you can't see that much yeah, and the yeah. trees are going. But I was like, please. I was debating what to do. If John hits a tree or hits one of these drunk, Hungarians, like, do I? He's technically a contractor. I don't want to get in a lawsuit. I've got a family to support. Feet. Do I just leave John dead on the road? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> so, John, can can John on a scooter beat Jacob in a twelve hundred? Absolutely no. not. No. Um, 
Yeah, that was, but we made it back okay. There were a lot of people out on the streets tonight because it was this big holiday. Uh, it was kind of fun. You'd see the stadium was lit up see? with the Hungarian flag. But not only God's sister does not have the same last name. So I'm fine with calling these Kennedys by their middle name if that's their family Well, name. no, her name used to be Viola Legat, though. And then she started going by Viola Cheptu. She was one of the few people who did have the same last name. Legat means born during the rainy season. I mean, Kennedy, Kennedy Kipkage is saying Kiprop born during rainy season. That's why there are so many Kiprops out there because, you know, the rainy season's like a, a, several months. I right? was going to say we need to make 15 Amina predictions, but we can do that tomorrow. We've gone on for too long. We've had a lot of fun. Is it really 220? Well, we have nothing to do tomorrow. We can wake up. We can go to this. John wants to go to a spa. I want to do something fun in Budapest. Robert, I'm throwing out these ideas. Robert Man, has to leave in like three days. That's true. And you're going to just come out here and just go just only to the track stadium? No, we're going to do something fun. I think the spa would be a good idea. Well, considering I've been here for, what, a day and a half, I finally ate my first meal. The one, My first not meal, just piece of food that wasn't from McDonald's on the way back from the track. Because I only had two meals. I got in, went to the track. The only place is open McDonald's. Got up, was panicked because I woke up at like 1.30. I got to get to the track for the 5K. You woke up at 1.30? <laughs> went to bed at 3. It was only 10 hours sleep. 10 hours sleep over two days is not a lot. And um, I mean, to go for the 100-meter semis. So, oh, heptathlon. Wait, we didn't even talk about the heptathlon. I feel about that. But the crowd like was wild. I think the crowd must have been cheering for the Hungarian who got fourth. But it's... It was an exciting race. This might have been the greatest ending to a heptathlon I've ever seen. And what was cool about it was in stadium TVs had the live scores updating. This is what I always think is the big issue with the heptathlon and decathlon is it's very hard to tell exactly what someone needs, you know, who's leading or whatever in the 1500, the 800. This one, it was tracking. And Anna Hall needed to beat Canaria Johnson Thompson essentially by three seconds in this 800 in order to win the gold medal. And... For good, she got out to an early lead. She went out like 58 or something for the first lap. She had a lead. She was leading on the back straight. Then KJT closed it up and won, but you know, Anna Hall won it in 204.09, I think. Fastest ever 800 in a world championship heptathlon. She did really? everything. She went for it, but KJT PR'd in the 800. She ran like 205. And her PB was 207 going in. Wow. So 207, she would have lost if she runs it, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I talked to her afterwards. It was just wonderful clutch. to hear an athlete. She had won another world title, right? But she's like, this is the best day of my life. She's like, you know, it helps that the Theom didn't enter. It's kind of arbitrary. The person probably would have won the gold doesn't enter. But it was a great race. And a hall, I think she believes she should have won the gold. But she well, she also, she won. picked up like a... She was wearing this band around her leg. I think David Woods mentioned she'd been injured in the high jump. Like, her first couple events weren't as strong as usual. Like, the hurdle, she wasn't... It's usually one of her better events, and she wasn't, like, amazing like usual. So, uh, and a whole... And look, but, she ran like a champion. Like, she should be very proud of her silver medal. But given that she won Gotsis, she beat KJT at Gotsis earlier this year, she would have been hoping for gold. You know, and she was 300, nearly 300 points off of what she scored uh, at Gotsis in May. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, sign up for supporters club. Let's run the comments. Subscribe at a minimum. Come to Let's Run every day. Click on the forum, click on ads, buy stuff, etc. Interesting comment here from Bad Clams. I, I hadn't seen Bad Clams Rose run a couple shows, so good to see the regulars back. 
Heptathlon is better than a decathlon just because the scores are closer, fewer events, and the 800 is better than the 1500. Agree. Even me as a former 1500 ace coach, I think it's an interesting idea. Ban the 1500 for the men's decathlon. Put yeah, it in, in, in a vacuum, like with specialists, I think the 1500 might be better than the 800. They're very, very close. At the end of a multi where everyone's just exhausted, 800 is better than 1500. And we saw it tonight. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. If you're in the United States, happy, have a happy rest of your Sunday. Commiserations to any of our English listeners oh. who are up very late and witnessed the Lionesses lose the World Cup final. That was unfortunate. Good news is Brighton's top of the Premier League still. Anyway. You're the top? This is why I've been freaking think, out about it. Oh, you, you I didn't know. I hate what John talks about. We're top of the freaking Premier League for the first time in the history of the world. When I did, I did not know that, John. When I woke up at 1.30, I called John. I'm like, hey, well, how are the articles coming? He's like, I didn't know you wanted an AM recap. I'm like, no, this is the most important recap of the day. Most of our audience in the U.S. is asleep. And then I went to ESPN.com. I realized the World Cup was like about to f- finish in the next 10 seconds. I called him back and I said, I apologize, John. As your boss that knows your passions, finish the World Cup and then finish the article. Yeah. At that there point, we go. The game was already over. Right? We appreciate it, Robert. All Until right. Until next time. Good night, everyone from Budapest. One last thing. John Friedman, I agree with you. Why are the flash results that come off the TV races wrong so often? To me, it's embarrassing. Seiko blew it last year of the timing, and they're trying to do some super technology, but it just doesn't work. So maybe they're trying to make us appreciate what we already had because they usually are so good that now that they're awful this year, we're actually like, we didn't realize we had it so good. But I took it for granted, and the fact that it's been inaccurate so often is actually very frustrating. It reflects poorly on the meat. Correct. All right. Till next time, everyone. You want a free supporters club membership? I just thought of this. If you're in a goose, wins the gold medal or Cole Hawker medals at all, you get your membership for free. So if you sign up for a month, you get a free month. If you sign up for a year right now, I'll give you your whole year for free. And you get a free t-shirt with that. So, This is an unbelievable offer. But you got to sign up between now, Monday, and Wednesday, the men's 1500 meter final. So sign up now and root hard for the U.S. man in the 1500. Your membership could be for free. High schoolers, do you want a free membership? I'll just give you one for the world championships. Sign up for a month. Email me at podcast at letsrun.com. Showing that you're in high school, your month is free on me. Be sure to buy a pair of shoes as well. Save 20% on shoes. We want more members. Thank you to everyone who signed up. Everyone else needs to join the Let's Run revolution. Let's run.com slash subscribe.